0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice. This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, the disciples no longer saw anyone, but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone, except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. Then they asked him, why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? He told them, Elijah will indeed come first and restore all things. Yet how is it written regarding the Son of Man that he must suffer greatly and be treated with contempt? But I tell you that Elijah has come, and they did to him whatever they pleased, as it is written of him. The gospel of the Lord. There's a lot going on there as uh, as Mark recounts the uh, the transfiguration, and uh, you know what what are we going to see for ourselves? I think there's there's a lot of kind of code uh, code language signs that point to other things I, and I think it's helpful to to go through them at least to uh, to some extent you know this the question about um Elijah and the Messiah right this is the kind of part of the tight complex of of ideas that are, that are in the disciples minds uh, as they follow Jesus Re- remember peter has just said you're the Christ right you you are god's anointed king we're following you Right? go go and we will follow, right so do the things that Messiah is supposed to do, and we will follow uh, of course there's um in their in their own minds this this timetable of what is that what is the sequence of events yeah that that leads to the Messiah say being known and revealed, and of course um uh, making his way to triumph right and of course the uh uh the um the defeat of um, Israel's enemies and, and the like, right? So what 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 is the the timeline? What where where are we? Because they're they're puzzling with themselves, of course. Now that they've seen uh, Elijah and Moses and what this all, it's all being stirred up in them. Yeah, wasn't it that wasn't it that Elijah was supposed to come first and 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 all the like? Jesus is going to point back then to John the Baptist as Elijah which means that, yes, you're right to claim me as Messiah, right? There are all these kind of, for us, they're somewhat, op- they're more opaque references than they, than they were for, for them. But, but still for them, it's not this, um, it, it, it's very difficult to see Jesus coming out and saying, I am the Christ, right? And, and there are a number of reasons why he, why he resists doing that. For one, He's just not inclined to point to himself. I mean this is like it would it would almost go it it almost runs contrary to his nature to point to himself for anything whatsoever right he's he is uh perfectly embodying the uh the God who is pure self gift who is who is totally for the other It's very hard to then become self referential you know? I, I, as he, even as he, as he makes these important claims, they're kind of, yeah, like making the claim, but in, in a, in, in a way that it, he's not beating around the bush, but he's making, he's, he's revealing it, but also he's doing a lot of work to draw people into the way that they, they ought to imagine who he is and what he's there to do, right? So to come out of themselves, to move from their world into his world, right? So as to say, It's not simply a matter of confirmation for them because as soon as you say, Hey, you know what? You're right. Well now they're right about everything, aren't they? And that perhaps they're incorrigible. This is not what Jesus wants to do. He wants to keep them in that in that space where they're growing in knowledge of him, they're growing in wisdom as it relates to the, to the things of God. So this, this comes at the end. And again, the, the confirmation. If we needed any more confirmation, we have the, we have the voice from the clouds. This is my beloved son. Listen to him, right? We, we have this, um, and then, and then we have Jesus speaking to them about, uh, rising from the dead. And then they, th- and, and what do we think? You know, again, if we keep, if we keep our mind on our, on our own situation, we know very well what Jesus meant. About the Son of Man rising from the dead, because he rises from the dead. You know, he, he walks out of the tomb three days after he's killed. Yeah. It's not, it's not, sometimes in a Saturday morning, it doesn't feel that exciting. Do you know? But it, but it's like, can you imagine? This is what our faith is built on. Yeah. Is Jesus being well and truly dead walks out of the tomb that first Easter morning. Is there still power in that? Of course there is. And, and that's what we're here, here to do. We're here to tap into that power, the power of self-giving love that has conquered death. That's what, that's what we're here to do. Yeah, but, they, but and the beautiful thing is, of course, um, they kept the matter to themselves, as Jesus told them, questioning what rising from the dead meant. <laughs> you know, it's like, yes, of course, they, they don't know. They don't know what he was talking about, yeah. So it's I don't know. Always the the um, the the sound of of a of a true first hand account, right? It's like we don't we didn't know what was going on. Peter was running around saying crazy things, and they were all terrified. You know, it's like it wasn't quite the religious scene that we imagined in our minds, or that that we've seen perhaps portrayed in in any number of pieces of art, right? It's like no, it wasn't wasn't quite like that. Although in, in a lot of art, you see kind of like the the terror. Try to capture the scene, but we we still don't hear it for some reason. This is overwhelming stuff, and what's revealed is, of course, Jesus as Messiah. It's what's revealed is Jesus at the in, at the very intersection of heaven and earth. Jesus seen as as he is, yeah. Jesus seen as he is, uh, his his entire life, every every fiber of his being, radiating with the love of God. Yeah, every, totally, totally animated by the love of God. Again, pushing, pushing the frontier, as it were, right? Like, um, going, going where love must go and the like. But it's, but here in the revelation to the apostles that they see it again, surrounded, kind of sandwiched by Jesus saying the son of man must die. And yet here he is. Right. This, and it's more than a spectacle, right? It, the, this, uh, the power that is at work in Jesus is seen clearly to the apostles. And yet they're going to be grappling with what it is he said he has to do and also now what he's going to do. Uh, he's, he's going to run right into the teeth of things. He's going to die. And it's, and it's not, um, uh, how do you say it? it's not, um, you know, simply an, an unhappy, an unhappy consequence. Actually, it's the point. He's going to go and do it. He's going to go and face down death, and appear defeated, and rise victorious. So that death's power defeated. Now the reign of God can come in glory and in power, the power of self-giving love. So we, we have to hold on to this ourselves as well. Yeah, we are following a crucified king. So we ought not to expect uh, to escape suffering in our lives. In fact, one of the things, I think one of the things that uh, being faithful Christians allows us to do is to, is to suffer well. You know, our, our suffering also has meaning. As as God, again, is advancing the frontier of his kingdom, as love is making progress into the realms where love is not, there will be suffering. There will be suffering there. And, we're, and we are, it's not like we're charged to do it. We are having his life, his spirit, that has conquered death, breathed into us, So that we can live beyond death here and now. We can live beyond the, the scent and the, and the taint of death here and now, advancing his kingdom. We follow a crucified Messiah, but, but let's not think that he lacks power and strength and wisdom and the like. Right? How, let me think. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to do homily extension time. I'm trying to have to f- I'm trying to feel the room out, you know. I kind of want to I kind of want to do it. I want to do it just to go on the record. Okay, so um, we t- we 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 do this, we we talk about the will of God and our accepting the will of God, like um it's like bad things befall me, right? So ba- so bad things happen to me and I think Okay, well, it's the will of God. I accept it. Okay? And then, we, and then we start moving on or moving through, right? I don't think it's the right thing. I don't think this is the right thing to do. We're called to be um, a people who, again, advance his kingdom. And as we go about in that, in that realm, as we go about trying to make, uh, allowing him, trying to allow him to make our whole life prayer and love, so love of God, and love of neighbor as self, we, we, are, um, we are going to find ourselves in places where bad things befall us. It's, it's, just, the, the, it's just the nature of it. And instead of thinking, okay, well, God, God allows it, at least in his, in his passive will, or in his permissive will, actually, what we ought to see is God is not on that side of the equation, Right. Like, so it's like I'm on one side of the equation. God's on the other side of the equation. I'm suffering. He's allowing it to happen. I embrace it because he allows it to happen. Right. We're just two sides of the equation. This is not right. The one side of the equation is the world is mm, fallen. Yeah. It's so human beings are disfigured. And the world finds itself in a place of corruption, right? It's a fallen state. So, yeah, so that's on the one side of the equation. On the other side of the equation is God and me, right? So God calling me to oppose the forces of sin and death here and now with his life at work in me and working through me. So I get it. We don't, you know. God's permissive will. Forget about it. God has called me to be with him on his side of the equation in which we are going to love and we are willing to bear the burden of love. He did it already. He bore the burden. He broke the back of idolatry, sin, wickedness, injustice. And he's called us into that kingdom of light that lives already beyond death. Okay. So this is, this is where we need to be. Yeah. Certainly not me versus God. Certainly not I'm suffering. God's not doing anything about it. He's allowing it to happen. He's a, no, the world is all over the place, but he's called, he's called us to be with him and to live lives of great love. We're going to suffer as a result we're going to but our consolation is is in him which is really why we pray yeah is like we we need him to be at work in us and working through us what do we have what do we have if we don't and as the as the voice from the from the cloud says this is my beloved son listen to him he's making the way He's making the way. We're not alone. He's making the way. We have to continue to trust and follow Him.